When we are in pain, whether it is physical, psychological, or social, like broken relationships, we are ready to accept help from anywhere and anyone, whoever or wherever it comes from. Maybe you've had that type of experience when you just want relief or when you want that situation to change as quickly as possible. When I was in labor with our first child, don't worry, this isn't gonna get too graphic. When I was in labor with our first child, I had what's called back labor, and I experienced that as a stabbing pain in my lower back, like someone was just gouging me with a knife in my lower back, and I said, I'm not gonna be able to do this without drugs, I need the drugs. And so somebody came in and they gave me the drugs and it was much better. A couple months after um, the, being in the hospital, I got a, mail, a piece of mail with a big bill for my anesthesiologist. And I was like, what in the world are they talking about? I have insurance. This shouldn't be charged to me. So I called the insurance company and they said, well, he wasn't a preferred, preferred provider. Did you not ask for a preferred provider? And I said, I was in labor. <laughs> I said, I needed drugs. A man came in with drugs and I took the drugs. I didn't, I could not tell him from anyone in a lineup. I don't know his name. I don't know if he had a beard. I, have, I know it was a man because I heard his voice. That's it. I needed relief. I didn't care who it was, preferred, provi preferred provider or not. The good news is they said, you're right, ma'am. We will remove those charges. And I said, that's good. <laughs> so that was a time when I didn't care who, anybody who walked in and offered me help, I was going to accept it. And hearing this passage from Luke today, it's important for us to remember the situation of those who had the skin disease or leprosy at that time in this passage. They were excluded from society. They were removed from their families. They couldn't go to work. They had a skin condition that may have been a bit torturous if they had constant symptoms like itchiness. Maybe you have eczema or something like that. And you know that this little thing just won't stop and it seems like something small, but if it won't stop, it's torturous. So they were ready for this to be gone. They wanted to be restored to life. Now to be restored to regular life and relationship, I imagine that they would have accepted help from anybody. In this passage, it seems that these guys knew something about Jesus. It seems that they knew that he could do something, that they expected that he had a way to help them because they called out to him by name. They said, Jesus, have mercy on us. They said it all together. And Jesus responded and he healed them as they requested. He said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And they went. And along the way, they realized that they were healed, that their skin disease was gone. And it says here, when they called out to Jesus, that they shouted out together. In my family, it would be called, we would say, they hollered at him. But here in the text, it literally says that these 10 people raised a voice. They raised a voice to Jesus. I have raised a voice to Jesus before. I assume you have. If not, you will. One day, raise your voice to God, seeking God's help when we're in need, when we're in danger, when we're in pain. It makes me think of the saying that there are no atheists in a foxhole. 
that everybody believes when they're in danger, they're all seeking God. In situations of pain and fear, we are all inclined to raise a voice to God for help. And that's what those 10 people did. And then they went and did as Jesus told them to do. They walked and headed out to see the priest because it was the priest who had to verify that they were healed before they could rejoin communal life. And as they were walking along and they noticed they were healed, only one of them, they all noticed, all 10 recognized that they were healed, but only one saw or recognized that God had done this. And in response, he raised his voice again, but this time in praise and worship to God. Now, when we think about what worship means, when we talk about worship today, we most often think of singing, of music, of lifting our hands and swaying, and maybe if we're real wild, you know, dancing a little bit. But not not all of us love that sort of thing. Maybe we don't like to sing because we're just not good at it, or we're self-conscious about being free in worship around everybody else. Or maybe we don't have much rhythm, so we're not about to start trying to sway. We'll get off beat real quick. Or maybe we're just not into music or flat out can't sing. My dad cannot carry a tune. So you will never, never find Tim singing in church. Never. Even if it's his favorite song. But does that mean that he fails to worship God well? The Bible tells us to worship God Psalm 100 verses 1 and 2 says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 23 says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. And in Exodus 20, when God is giving the commandments through Moses, God says that you are to worship only God, no other thing, no other person, no other being, being only God. And Psalm 150, it's the bookend of the book of Psalms, the last psalm. It says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty firmament, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his surpassing greatness, praise him with trumpet sound, praise him with lute and harp, praise him with cymbals, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We have all kinds of instruments for praising God up here. We have special lights and effects and all. We have all kinds of things for praising God. And the worship team works so hard to choose good music and prepare and be ready to lead you all in music so that you have an opportunity to connect with God and and so that we're moved to lift our voices and sing and praise to God because of all of the work that they've done to create this moment to help bring us together to connect with one another and with God. And even with all this planning, all this hard work and investment of time and energy and variety of instruments and talented singers, um, the singing and the music in the worship service, they don't always help all of us connect with God or feel worshipful. Even when we attempt to incorporate all of the calls in Scripture, all of the instructions and examples of praise and worship from Scripture, we may not always feel like we are getting much from worship. And I have two points to make about that. 
The first one is, worship is more than music and singing. The man who turned back to praise God when he realized that he had been healed, he didn't sing, he didn't say, oh, thank you, God, you know? You all didn't even laugh at me. I was silly and he didn't laugh at me. He didn't turn around and start singing, right? It says he shouted, he lifted his voice again. Worship is not just songs. Worship is our response to God's mercy and love. Our response to God's mercy and love. It's like when someone does something that's hugely helpful or kind And you spontaneously want to just bear hug them because they've done this great thing for you. Or you say, I could just kiss you right now. Or you might just burst into tears because you're so relieved and you're so thankful for what someone has done for you. It makes me think of a video of this guy who was given a car. There's, there's various scenarios of this that I've seen on TikTok and Instagram reels and things like that. But this guy was given a car that was paid for by a bunch of other people who wanted to come together and do something to make his life better. And when he receives this gift, his uncensored response to having his life changed by this gift from all these people was just tears. He just cried. When we recognize that God has changed us, that God has healed us, forgiven us, that God has saved us, what is our uncensored response to this life-changing good news? Maybe tears, maybe singing or dancing or jumping up and down or hollering or praying or giving or serving other people, whatever our response is, That is our worship. That is our praise. That is our thanksgiving to God. Second point, worship isn't about us getting something out of it. It's about giving to God. God gives us life. What we give to God in response, that is our worship. That is our gift back to God. It's not lifting our voices to ask again for something more for ourselves. We come to church into a worship service and we're like, yes, we got all this stuff. God, help me again. Make sure I feel a connection. Make sure something is very tangible to me. God, give me something more. No, worship is lifting our voices to celebrate and give thanks for what God has already given us, for what God has already done in our lives. It's a retelling and a remembering of who God is and what God has done all along to bring life and to restore us to life. It's our statement and our act of faith. Now, most healing stories in the Gospels, the act of just asking Jesus for healing is named as faith. Just trusting that Jesus is going to be able to do something to help bring you new life is the faith that Jesus names in so many of the healing stories. But in this instance, in Luke 17, it's different. All 10 who asked for healing received it. They all raised a voice together and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. They were all healed. Only the one who saw and then recognized that God was the source of that healing, turned back 
to thank Jesus and to praise God, only he, Jesus said, had faith and was saved. Now as an added twist, this one person, at the end of the story it tells us this one person was a Samaritan, someone understood by the Israelites to be a heretic. This enemy, this one who was seen outside the kingdom of God is the one that Jesus named as the person of faith. So worship and praise, making that intentional work of, of, to respond to God and worship and praise seems pretty important here in this gospel story. It is evidence of faith. Now the fact that the one person who is said to have faith and that Jesus says has made you well, which is another way of saying you are saved, the fact that this is a Samaritan points us to another reason we all have for worshiping God. And it's that God offers new life to everyone through Jesus Christ. Everyone. No matter what we have done, no matter where we're from, no matter who we are, no matter what our social or economic status is, no matter what people think of us or say about us, no matter what we look like, whatever's going on with our skin, the good news of new life is for every single person. So we all have a reason to worship. We all have a gift from God to which we may respond. Maybe we respond with singing or maybe we respond in some other way. However it is that we sincerely and gratefully respond to God's love, that is our worship. For those of us who don't like to sing, this might be even better news. We think, yeah, great, we don't have to do that music thing anymore. Well, our services will continue to have great music and singing and maybe even some hand raising and some mild dancing and moving around if we get real wild. Because along with prayer, along with reading the scriptures, along with greeting each other with hugs and handshakes and hearing a message and uh, giving our offering and all of the other things we do in worship, the music and worship is there to create a meaningful time for us, give us all a space for authentic connection with, uh, connection with and response to God. It creates a moment in which we can respond fully. In Romans chapter 11, the very last verse of Romans 11 and the very first verse of Romans chapter 12, Paul wrote this. For from God and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever, amen. I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do you get that? To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We are meant to worship God with every part of ourselves, with our voices as we sing, yes, also in our thinking and what we say in every part of the way we live our lives. And as we see with the Samaritan who had leprosy, we are meant to raise our voice to God in praise and worship at all times, 
both when we are in desperate need of relief, when he raised his voice with the other nine people and they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. So yes, raise your voice in times of desperation and need. And also when we are blessed and healed. So often it is only in times of trouble that we call on God and we seek God's presence. When things are going well, we often fail like those other nine people to see or to recognize God's hand in our lives. Maybe we fail to see it because we think we've earned this with some kind of good behavior, like a good karma karma coming back to us, like, well, I did some good stuff, so I should be getting some good stuff back. Or maybe we think it's something we've achieved on our own, this good stuff is happening because I have worked hard. And so when things are good, we keep going instead of turning around to worship and give thanks to God. But we are called to give praise and to worship God in all times. As we move into this week, how can we more faithfully and regularly respond with worship and praise to God's love and mercy? Maybe you want to try singing today or raising your hands. You could just do a little bit, try it out, or raising them up high if you want. Or maybe you just want to raise a voice to God and shout amen when you hear a word of truth or promise. Or maybe you can focus on the words and the music here and when you're listening at home or in your car, you can listen to the words and the songs of praise and make those words your prayer. We can also respond to God by practicing gratitude, by taking the time to see and to recognize the ways in which God has a hand in every day of our lives. However we respond to God's love, however we worship, the primary thing is to do it sincerely and with our focus on giving to God in response to God's great gift to us. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks that you do bring us healing, that we can call on you at any time and you respond to us. We give you thanks that you love us so much that you bring us new life, new opportunities, second chances to grow in your likeness and to become your faithful people. God, I pray that you will open our hearts, open our eyes to recognize how you're working in our lives and open our hearts to respond with praise and worship. May we draw nearer to you and nearer to each other in every every time we come together to praise you, recognizing our connection with you and through you, our connection with everyone else. Lord, in all parts of our lives, let us bless and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and it's in Jesus' name we worship. Amen.